Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, everyone, and we're back to the Neil Haley Show. And, you know, I can't believe I just continue to have amazing interviews. I don't stop till the end of the year, right? And that's the <laughs> funny part. I, I love this job more than anything, 11 years. I mean, because I own it. I own all the rights and different things, and it's a fantastic thing to have an independent show. And to tell me 11 years ago I would be making money doing this, not just branding myself, you would have told me, I would have told you you're crazy. And next year, who knows? Even more money and maybe more. And all the celebrities love me, but sometimes I have co-hosts, sometimes not. But hey, this celebrity, I cannot believe it. Maybe I died today. Abraham Lincoln, thanks for stopping by. Just had to <laughs> say that to start out. You know, my beard, you could say, look at the gray in my beard. It, it, but I trimmed for you today. But again, Robert Broski, uh, I appreciate you coming by. L.A. Macabre. But we're going to yep. talk about your story because guess what? I think you, if it was not a bad, uh, you know, situation or in a pandemic, you could play Abraham Lincoln everywhere, right? <laughs> well, I do believe it or not. Yes, I'm incognito today, but uh, yes, I do and I have. I'm very honored. I feel very honored to present Mr. Lincoln, and I do it at schools, civic events, TV, movies, That's whatever. Fantastic. Well, so whatever. Did, yeah. So how did the acting start for you? Oh, funny. Um, I was, didn't grow up in uh, drama class at school. Uh, I really wasn't an outgoing person per se. I got married young at 22. I'm still married to the same lovely woman. Uh, 40, 40 some years, 45, I think something like that. Uh, four kids. So I was busy most of my life just surviving in construction. Hey, and I have six kids and I know it and I'm 47, going to be 48 in January. So yeah, I know just surviving, but it keeps you young having a lot of kids. Well, well, and, and they're still close. Uh, I have got a lot of grandkids now. So I was busy, you know, just keeping ends meet and all that. And then as uh, things slowed down a little bit, as I got a little older, then I thought, well, you know what? I want to do something fun something that I don't have to wrap my brain around too much as far as uh, getting schedules and everything else having to do with construction. So I answered an ad in the newspaper, which said, do you want to be in the movies? And I said, yeah, let's give it a go. So I actually answered an ad in the paper where they say, don't do that. And that's kind of how it started. I was started doing background, which I still love doing. And, uh, and it kind of took off from there. Were you always in L.A.? I was born and raised in Southern California. I live 15 miles from where I was born. So, yes, right outside of L.A. Uh, so, so when you LA. see, I'm going to just try this acting thing, at least you know you had something to fall back on. You, you finished up your you know, professional career. So you really could do this and not be like some of these actors that couldn't survive if they were told no a few times and then left. Correct. Yes. I had, uh, believe it or not, I, uh, I am, was a truck driver. I did construction and I still do a little bit now and then for 40 some years. I worked at Home Depot for 20 years. So I had, I bounced around with like three different jobs at one time. And the acting part, I really enjoyed. I enjoy people and I like the, just the, the uh, scenery or just yeah. the, yeah. So I really enjoyed that. So I, Robert am a former professional wrestler. So I don't know if you've kind of Googled my background. So I was in the minor leagues of pro wrestling, then went back and became a teacher in entertainment, caught my bug again. Well, one of my 2021 resolutions is I want to get involved in acting in some sort of way. Don't know how it's going to happen. But again, when I was talking to some acting coaches, I said, because you're a former pro wrestler, you understand a lot of different things that you, and I'm a 6'10 legitimate. Let's just put it out there and see. And I, 
again, when I talk to directors all the time, it's a great thing to be able to interview all these directors, right? And all these different people. Hey, if you're looking for someone 610, give me a call. Or you're looking for a talk show host, give me a call. And, right. and there was a guy that uh, I could be putting something out there. It's not the best time to do it. I know with the pandemic, but hey, I'm putting myself out there. So you put yourself out there. How did this Abraham Lincoln look start? Were you always looking like Abraham Lincoln? Um, I don't know. I think as I got older and uglier, um, it kind of grew on me. I guess you could say it grew on my face. I had one person when I was younger that would kid me. He'd come up to me and he'd, he'd quote like four score in seven years. And we would both laugh. I didn't know what to do with it. I never grew a beard until I was in my 50s, like Abraham Lincoln. He didn't have a beard until he was in his 50s. And once I grew it for a, uh, it was a commercial. They were looking for a hundred or 99 uh, Abraham Lincolns for a commercial having to do with uh, an, another hamburger for a penny. So it was kind of, or, or whatever it was. What company, and, uh, where, where, where did you get the commercial at? Who, who, as Abraham, what did you do it for? What, pardon? What, who what, was what it Hamburger for? company. What? Uh, um, uh, Wendy's. Uh, when so can you still find that on youtube uh i would believe so yeah i think it was like uh, the 99 cent wendy's hamburger and so <laughs> i know so they had like 99 abraham lincoln's but i was one of the featured ones they put a beard on me and i looked in the mirror and i said holy moly this is me and so after that um uh, uh, I did a couple other things and then uh, the Lincoln thing came up again for something else. So then I said, you know what, I'm going to grow the beard. So I grew the beard and I haven't uh, taken it off except for one time uh, in 12 years. So I keep the beard that's on crazy. and whatever comes, that's, up, comes see, up. See, that's crazy. And are there a lot of opportunities for Lincoln? You talked about making it a business for yourself in certain ways, but are there a lot of opportunities in the Hollywood world for Lincoln? Well, yes and no. It 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 flow. It ebb and flow. It, there's a few here and there, and then there's nothing, and then there's a few. Uh, but I filled before the COVID. I filled it in with uh, I what I kind of call giving back. I, I go to schools, civic events, Civil War reenactments, uh, places that people want to know something about uh, our uh, great. great president. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it is very great. And they don't know who I am. I'm Abraham Lincoln. I'm not some big. Uh, yeah, but Robert, you did have one big deal, right? Where it was a part of your credits in LA for Lincoln, right? That there was a show or something, right? Were you involved? I was looking at your IMBD or oh, something. Oh, okay. Well, I've, I've done two or three or four or five things. Uh, a couple of, been, I've been on kids' shows as Abraham Lincoln um, and uh, a few other featured things. And I'm still doing things with Abraham Lincoln. Can you audition for other things? As we're going to talk about. LA Macabre, yes, you can. Uh, that will fit a different mold, but tell me specifically enough how you don't get typecast as Abraham Lincoln. As I see you on camera and say, holy cow, this I'm talking Abraham Lincoln. Well, I do. It's a challenge because I'll go in for an audition and people in the waiting room or whatever say, oh, wow, I'm sitting here next to Abraham Lincoln. And I'll go, shh, not today. And But it, it's okay because... Uh, I do get other things. I play a lot of uh, bad, evil guys, which I kind of like. It's kind of the alter ego of Abraham Lincoln. And so it works out well in that respect. Uh, I always tell them I'll shave it, but only once have I had to do that. And that was just now during the COVID. But that was for playing a young Abraham Lincoln having to do with the Stephen Douglas, Abraham Lincoln debates when he didn't have the beard. So I shaved it off and then uh, I grew it back before I needed it again. So it worked out well. Fantastic. So what do you think you're most well known for before we go into LA Macabre? Because this has been a great opportunity for you as you're seeing specifically enough being on Amazon Prime, but tell us. Oh gosh. Yeah. Yes. No, uh, I, I'm very, I feel very blessed and fortunate to be in LA Macabre, but I was also in Twin Peaks, the uh, season three for David Lynch. So I was kind of playing, I guess you could say, a bad guy there. So I was a woodsman in that. And I think that's pretty much where I'm really well known for. I'm actually well known all over the world, which is kind of crazy, uh, because David Lynch is known all over the world. Right. Uh, and this yes, is a different so. Twin Peaks, right, than the, 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 how to explain when was Twin Peaks, like, because it's another creation of it, right? 
Well, it is, uh, yes, way back 25, well, now it's been about 28 years ago, was the first two seasons of Twin Peaks. And I remember I watched it on TV. I, I was enthralled by it back then. And, um, and at the end of uh, the season two, um, uh, Cooper comments uh, that he says, I will see you in 25 years. So in 25 years, David Lynch started writing episode three, or season three, I mean. And so season three came out a couple of years ago, I think it was in 2018. And uh, so he had a whole 18 episodes of season three going through it. And I was in, fortunate to be in uh, a couple of the episodes of that. That's great. And then, oh, yeah, I know it is. Then, then, then L.A. Macabre. Talk yeah. about it. I mean, because you, you Google it around in specific ways and uh, it's available on Amazon Prime. But let's go into yeah. and season two is finished up, right? Are you in season three? Is that where we're going? We're going there, but we haven't started it yet. Uh, could have to be uh, maybe because of the COVID. Uh, I haven't heard anything about season three, so I'm not going to jump in you there. You can't and say, say anything that, yet. Oh, yeah. So tell us no. about. So let's talk about the show and then talk about your character. Well, the sh the show itself, uh, I wasn't really aware of it until there was an audition for the part of Smiley, which I read for the audition. I mean, I, I looked at the the post of it and I go. I want to be a part of this. Ellie McCobb, they finished their first season. They survived the role, even though it wasn't a speaking role. I liked the character. I like what, uh, what all he did and everything else. So I went into the audition, just really, really wanting that role. So it was kind of fun. So, but talk of a little bit about Ellie McCobb. The, the show, well, it, it's kind of a backstory of a uh, of them uh, researching an old, which they called the new family, an old cult like uh, the Manson family yes. cult. And I lived through that, not in part of it, but I mean, I remember reading about it in the paper and everything else. So I mean, I was alive during all of that, so that made it fascinating there. So that's where uh, reliving that uh, new family and bringing it into modern times is where the drama and all the suspense and horror and everything else builds into the L.A. macabre. And you're not speaking in this role, but it's a main role, Smiley, right? Uh, well, I don't know. I don't, it, it hasn't been a big main role because I wasn't in season one at all. I was kind of interpreted into it, uh, you could say, by, by a lot of the things that was going on, that were going on. But I didn't come in until season two. And I, if it's a main uh, role or not, I don't know if I would put my in, put myself in with the main characters because there's just some beautiful characters in this. Um, but I do have an impact on what's going on in season two and relating back to. We got to. I got to catch up to season one as soon as oh, yeah. I finish up the Wolf of Wall Street, and then Wall Street's going to be. I'm just binge watching stuff while doing some work, you know, yep. your stuff, and like, okay, I'm binging. I have my wife binging old stuff we didn't watch together, <laughs> and now I'm binging other stuff like on Amazon Prime. So I'm waiting for Wednesday again. Uh, the Expanse. I'm giving Amazon some credit. Uh, so I'm sticking on Amazon instead of Netflix. Well, I'm watching Netflix with my wife and the Amazon. I think what we should do, Robert, is this is the best deal. We should just get rid of all our cable and just buy all the paid streaming channels because we could just be busy all day long. You know, from right. the Peacock <laughs> Network where I was promoting NBC earlier today on a tour to all these things. Wow. We don't need yes. to worldly watch broadcast television because we could catch up on all the streaming networks. Right, I agree, but we got to get out and do a little exercise now and then too. We don't want to be couch potatoes. Oh, but, well, Pittsburgh, we're in pretty much shutdown mode. L.A., same deal, right? Uh, yeah, I still get out and around. I'm I'm a pretty active guy. I like the outdoors and stuff, so I sneak away, you know, pretty much a lot. So yeah. So this family is like the yes. Manson family. It's called L.A. Macabre. Is that the family name? No, the it's called. What it is, is there are some um, students, well, I don't know if they're students, but there are some interviewers that are interviewing uh, old cult members of called the new family, kind of like uh, the Manson family cult. And then things start happening after they kind of open up that can of worms. So that's kind of what it, it's all about. And it's, it's, it's not going to, you're not going to see like a, a family setting where everybody's sitting around on the floor, smoking pot, drinking, and, you know, who are we going to kill next? It's not even close to that but it's, it's got its suspense and its drama and its horror and everything else and in a lot of twists too so uh 
Were you surprised that did Amazon Prime pick up season one, or did they finally grab it after season two? Well, there again, there's a kind of a mystery there. What what has happened is season one and season two have been condensed and and formed into like 15 episodes, about 30 minutes long. So they have. Uh, Dan has kind of uh, uh, re-edited it so it fits into the format for Amazon Prime. So, so it was a short before, that it sounds like. Yes, pretty much, yeah. When it was on YouTube, yes. There were a lot of shorts and uh, for the first season, so they just kind of, they kind of added all that and uh, condensed it and everything. So you will do rather well if you watch it on Amazon Prime. You'll get the whole, uh, the whole gist of the whole thing. Yeah, because I've seen in YouTube, there's a ton of it, and I was trying to figure out and understand all this, and you're the educator of L.A. Macabre. But you got to be excited about getting yourself seen on a platform like Amazon Prime. What a great opportunity for you on your next level for your dreams so, of an actor. Definitely. I guess you could say that definitely. I didn't look at it that way. I looked at it as we are, I mean, we are a family. I mean, we uh, we've gotten together as a, as a group of us actors and, and, uh, and the crew and stuff at different times, we've gone to festivals together and, and I just look at it as, as a, uh, a great opportunity for LA macabre. And I think I'm so. Just part of yeah. It. And then that is great. And then that, and building that call following, I was watching certain things. So they do mention a lot of, um, especially with Netflix, not picking up the show involving, serial killers which i was disappointed they're not gonna have another season of and i it'll come to me in the name of it now that you're mentioning a lot of serial killers in this show as well right because the interviewers are bringing up history of certain serial killers on the show right well yes yes and no it, it's not necessarily a, a main uh subject it, it is brought up definitely yes but it, it's it's more of you know what's happening now with the the group of of people that are interviewing it and everything else. So it's, um, yeah, yes and no. <laughs> but it's gotta be a dream for you guys all together. You said, is it a family to get to this where you're just on YouTube to Amazon prime? That's gotta be Hang awesome. On. Are you? Yeah. I lost you. Cause some yeah. bonehead was trying to call. Go no ahead. Worries. No, I was saying, and it's gotta be awesome for you guys as a family, as you said, to see Amazon for LA macabre to be oh. YouTube. You know, you all dream when you do these certain acting gigs that they can go to this next level. And this is yes. fantastic. Oh, indubitably. Yes, it is. It is. It is. Oh uh, yeah. We're all excited about I'll it. I'll have to be just... tweeting it out and different things and, and promotion and getting the new fan base together when I watch it on Amazon prime very soon. So again, that's, uh, I, that's, that's exciting for me. And what would you say you want people to get the most out of this, especially working with the directors, producers, and the a other actors and the, the way the story, what do you want kind of the fan base to be? or to get out of this? Well, it, I, I would, I want them to see something that they've interpreted, not just from what they've read. I, I want them to, to get, come up with their own ideas of what's going on and why this happened, why this twist happened, why that twist happened. And then to really want to anticipate a season three and not let it go at this and the end and go on to something else. And, and so that we have that anticipation for, you know, if there's a season three, not episode three, if there's a season three coming up. And so if this COVID ever gets over with, hopefully we'll be able to do it's one. So, yes, definitely. I, I want them to, at the end of a particular episode to stop and just dwell on it a little bit. Exactly. And yeah, definitely. But I'll give you my feedback. Okay. Now you're auditioning for a fun little gig. We're going to do a little bit of, as I say, I'm working on the acting thing. We're going to do a little scenario or what we call like just a, where we're just going to just go with improv and this okay. improv is going to be funny. This is going to be your Abraham Lincoln on the Neil Haley show in the future. Okay. Right. Right. We're going to talk about not the future meaning somehow you were trans like right before your assassination. I'm giving you the storyline and you're coming on and you've just landed in 2020 and what Abraham Lincoln thinks of 2020 and his thought process and everything coming from, Back there. So you're playing Abraham Lincoln. I'm playing Neil Haley. And I'm excited to welcome to the show Abraham Lincoln. Okay. What do you think of that? Well, how do? Okay. So we're here in the Neil Haley show, and I cannot believe it. Uh, you know, 2020 brought back Abraham Lincoln. Be 
I don't want to tell you what happened to you a year before. So again, this is 1859, not 1860. And uh, we have Abraham Lincoln from 1859. Now in 2020, Abraham Lincoln, thanks for stopping by. Well, how do, Mr. Haley? Yes, this is rather interesting and rather strange. But as far as the dates, I wasn't president until 1860. And I think I am still president now here in 1865. Isn't that what year it is? Oh, I see. So I caught myself in a mistake. I'm uh, sorry about that, not prepping and planning. So it maybe it was 1864. So you are president, Lincoln, right? Yes, I still am. And sadly, we have a big uh, conflict going on in this country of ours. Yes. What did you think when you caught up with what we call a television and the Internet to find out what's going on in our country? Is this what you were hoping for, Mr. Lincoln? President? Well, this is way out of my imagination. I was quite satisfied with newspapers and the printing press. Uh, I thought I could very speedily get my information out either a newspaper or a telegraph. So this is rather mind-boggling that if there's any particular message that I have for the wonderful people of America, that I could broadcast it uh, just immediately. So you're emeritus president. What did President Trump think when he found out you traveled into the future and now are wanting to be, want to be president? <laughs> well... There are so many new things going on in this day and age that I don't know if I would be able to survive as president of the United States. Uh, you know, someone might want to put a bull in my head or something like that. Who knows? Did you, so, so did you uh, now, did you get your, your smartphone? <laughs> Sir? Did you get a smartphone? What is a smartphone? Smartphone, so you can jump on your phone and you can start tweeting and tweet to President Trump and President-elect Biden saying, you are emeritus president. You should be president in 2020. Wow. Um, let me talk to one of my secretaries about that to see if maybe we can become updated on all this new technology. I'm not too familiar with that. Now, we have the Gatlin gun now. That was very effective during the Civil War. Well, see, but see, so you've not brought back your cabinet or anything. So you now has President Trump or President-elect Biden contact you since you've traveled to the future? I have not gotten a telegraph from either one of them. Should I be expecting that? Yes, I think you should be expecting it. Because as your administration, what would you do in this conflict with COVID? You dealt with, again, many different interesting conflicts. Uh, and, yes. and so what would you do to help this whole COVID thing? Well, we had, sadly, we had tuberculosis and typhoid fever and um, all kinds of diseases and stuff that pretty much took the lives of many of our American citizens. Uh, but then again, I'm a very strong constitutionalist, and it would be rather challenging for me to step on the toes of any freedoms of the American people. So I would have to stop and contemplate that for a little bit. So you would be agreeing with President Trump more than President-elect Biden, then, it sounds like. Well, I, we do not have a federal police force, and constitutionally, we cannot really have one that dictates what people can and cannot do. Uh, many epidemics run their course, sadly, with many deaths involved, but many run their, or eventually all of them run their course and eventually uh, die out. Interesting. So a vaccine... You have no idea what a vaccine is at this point. Uh, no. What's that have to do with? The vaccine will help stop COVID-19 from spreading at one point, And that finally, they'll have herd immunity at one point in time, President Lincoln. Is that like putting a, is that like putting a wet washcloth on your forehead? Uh, not at all. So that's a little bit deep. So any <laughs> advice for uh, president-elect Biden taking on the office of presidency. What do you recommend he do once he becomes president in 2021? I would recommend to any president who happens to be elected after me would be to go with your gut. And honesty is always the best policy. If you are honest with the American people, then hopefully they will be honest with you. And also keep an eye on Congress. 
uh, in the Senate. Uh, a lot of them have their own uh, political ideas and their own ways of doing things. So keep an eye on them. So when you jump back on your time machine, what when you get back to the present day, what are you going to tell people about 2020? <laughs> I think I might say, wow, <laughs> keep your seatbelt on and hold on tight. Where can we follow you, Miss uh, President Lincoln? Where's the best place we can follow you? Well, I have uh, my uh, alter ego, Robert Broski, actor on Facebook and Instagram. Um, AbrahamLincolnLives.com. I love and just kind of. Yeah, and just kind of Google me, I guess, whatever that means. I know googly eyes, but... So, so when you go back into the past, you are going to still live on as Robert Browski. Well, off and on, I kind of bounce back and forth. I think we all kind of have an alter ego to what we think is reality. So I think we all live in kind of like two realities so we can stay sane, if that makes sense. Wow. All right. Well, we're well, thank you for the interview, Abraham Lincoln, but Robert, fantastic. That was great. You caught me on history uh, at last minute thinking 1860. Why did I think 1860? Uh, but maybe I was thinking 1960 in an assassination. Maybe it's 1963 and thought, well, okay. So you don't know about that, but I appreciate it. This is a great gig. You should really go on TikTok. That's my recommendation. Oh, on TikTok. Do LinkedIn huh? as Tink, do your LinkedIn history on TikTok and maybe you'll go viral. Maybe that'll end up being another help as an actor. Try it. Try it. I, I will, sir, on your recommendation, I will look into it. Yes, you do. Okay. Well, thanks again, Robert. T take care. Again, LA Macabre, available now on Amazon Prime. And I appreciate it. And Happy New Year to you. Amen. Thank you, Mr. Haley. All right. All right, guys. That was Neil Haley's show. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security video since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K-12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome again uh, to a special Dr. Christopher Hall show. And I'm excited to welcome the program, Dr. Christopher Hall. Dr. Hall, how are you? We're counting down a couple days to New Year, but we really want to kind of review 2020 and how amazing our guests were in 2020. Wow. Well, you know what? You're totally right about that, Neil. How are you doing? Um, it's great to be here back on the show. And, and this is a very exciting time. You know, again, uh, looks like we have uh, 2021 on the horizon. So, yeah, very excited about this uh, upcoming year. Absolutely. Let's talk about, you know, what we've learned with some of these amazing guests, not mentioning names as much, but stories and what theme we've been really been able to learn throughout the year with all of these uh, celebrity guests and authors and entertainers. Exactly. And I think, you know, and I think there probably are a couple, I mean, there's, there's been so many, so many guest stars and athletes and uh, Olympians. Uh, and, and some of those, you know, I can't mention some names, but we learned some very important things. And I think one of the main principles that we learned from these people 
uh, who are really at the top of their field is to be humble. Okay. Uh, I think about the case of uh, Tommy Davidson, when the uh, uh, person well known who we had height uh, was found in Mississippi under tire by his foster mom. And uh, then he went on to, to do great things. I think about uh, Isaac Bruce that we had on. Uh, I think about uh, uh, there's a, a number of different people. Uh, Denise Williams, a uh, very famous singer. And uh, this, what she talked about, how she grew up, an opportunity that came to her. But again, her, if you look at, you listen to that interview and, and look at her life, again, she's been a very humble person. So I think um, uh, just appreciating what we have uh, as Americans as we go into the new year, as we uh, finish celebrating this Christmas season. And we look to a new horizon. So it's it's a very exciting time uh, for our country. I agree. And it's just something that when I think about things in so many ways is just, the as you talked about, humble. Being humble and humble beginnings. Many people, when we start on a journey of success, have to lay it out. But they don't really know that what's going to happen. They just have this you know overall drive dr hall exactly this is just something i know i can attain i know i can uh bring this dream together and i'm going to go for it and that's the theme of every one of them from when we talk to a, someone from nasa and how she basically discussed all her life this is what she wanted to do she wanted to work for nasa and she she attained it but you have to have from that dream does not mean ultimate success. That's just the beginning is having a want to do something and then lay it out. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. I, I certainly remember her. Uh, and, and I remember her, you know, her path and, and her dreams. And so now she's affecting the world uh, by doing research that, that will affect uh, uh, our relationship with Mars. And so, but that renewing, that you refer to that that passion uh, is something that it's that first kind of feeling really as when we're children where we have this aspiration and we want to do something in life we see the opportunities and so yeah it's a renewing like that every year when there's a new year and um, and so but those are the I mean again like I said uh, I remember talking to uh, let's see Terrell Davis the foot the uh, uh, Hall of Famer. Um, and, um, kind of what he talked about, how he had had a difficult struggle in his life and, and, um, came face to face with a shotgun barrel. I remember him saying, so these things you would never know. And the public would never know unless we bring that stuff out on the total mill network, the Neil Haley show, the Dr. Christopher Hall show. When we bring those things out, that's when finally people say, wow, who would have known, but exactly. I'm hoping that it will motivate people, uh, uh, in, uh, in the years to come. Exactly. And then even from just people that are authors that never thought, as I remember, uh, Brandy Renaud, uh, that we were able to yes. get on just, just a short time ago and how she never, she just wrote the book for her kid, not thinking that it would be such a great book for other people. So sometimes when we have that dream, we don't know where it's going to go. And it's amazing to hear those stories and develop those, uh, to, to hear that journey and then where they're at and say, where are they going next, right? And that's so awesome. Yes, very very much so. And and not only that, it's awesome, but again, the younger generation that's coming up, uh, the, the, the tools that are available to them so far as social media, how they're able to communicate, uh, how they're able to uh, do distance learning, um, all this stuff is phenomenal. If we look back, you know, just so many years, I mean, in the 50s or before, you know, we didn't have uh, that, that, those, that type of media. And so now uh, a lot more, a lot more communication and, and understanding amongst people uh, is, is really what we need. So very, very what, exciting. What, I, what also I hear from many of the guests is that they love the positivity that it brings. So if you lay out the way you lay out your questions first it talks about the humble beginnings but then the steps they took but ultimately in those steps were college uh, uh a specific big break they had to take chances right. 
uh, chances that put themselves out of their comfort zone and maybe were nervous that it happened, but they did it still. Right. Right. Dr. Hall. Yes, you're totally right. And I think the main thing is, 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 you know, when you and I were talking uh, maybe a couple of years ago, how, you know, this show should, how this show should work. And um, that, that particular scenario that you orchestrated came up with of how we would talk to the guests, how we would uh, try to bring up those important things that would be important, important to the public. Uh, and so they're not just seeing, hey, this is the star I see on the movie, TV. This is a different kind of interview. We want you to see the person. This is a star, but we want you to see their life story, that they're a person. They have struggles like you and that uh, hopefully these struggles you can learn from. And so uh, I think the show's been working uh, great that way. I'm hearing a lot of positive things. So it's very exciting. No, I think it is. And in uh, that process to finally where they are today. But I think that they understand where they've came. And then that's the humble beginnings. We're choosing people to come on the show. A lot, Not everyone has that journey but not everyone has that belief system. And it's great to see so many people see that journey. Another part is work ethic. You talked about it in the military where you gain that work ethic, right, Dr. Hall? Very, very true. And America's military, we know is very important uh, to our country. And the fact is this, America's military is very important to the development of America's young people, as a lot of them actually uh, end up joining the military, and they learn a lot of the basic principles of life, um, hard work, discipline, uh, communication, teamwork. And the main thing about the military is they get to interact cross-culturally with different people. You may be from Wyoming, well, this person is from uh, Birmingham, Alabama, or this person is from Watts, California. And that interaction of, uh, of those two individuals and what they learn from each other certainly uh, can broaden their, 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 their view of life and, and therefore make their opportunities greater. So um, just a, a great, uh, great way to, uh, uh, to go. So you think about uh, Brett Favre and uh, how Brett, his humble, think of a Super Bowl champion like Brett, right? Exactly. Uh, that, not just a Super Bowl champion, but one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and how he was so humble in his conversations that we really didn't get to see a Brett when Brett was in the NFL, right? You were blown away to see that he had exactly. that reputation of he wasn't like that, but you know how he talked about how he uh, interacts with, with his kids in high school and how he is just back to being Brett, not Brett, the superstar NFL player, but Brett as a family man. Exactly. And, you know, uh, Brett Favre, uh, it was, like I said, certainly uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL of in history of, uh, of U.S. You know, uh, football, professional football. But again, the whole humble factor that we talked about before, as Brett, he, and I remember this uh, perfectly, he had just, I think, uh, he had just finished playing golf with the president there. But we talked to him. He was at home. He was, uh, you know, casual clothes and very calm, very relaxed. And um, just to explain that's how he grew up along the Gulf Coast and, and, and kind of humble beginning, getting his, his parents being teachers. And, and then he goes on and takes those principles. And we talked about that to affect the world on a big scene. And so that's the message that we want our young people to get from this show. And so that's why I've been so excited about the show uh over the uh the last couple of years so wow and then in 2021 i'm telling you we're going to set the bar even higher but also allow those opportunities for people to have that same story each and every week we bring such amazing guests and i think that chris we were able to probably do every maybe 49 out of 52 weeks do at least one show but we did multiple shows so we did about 52 plus episodes in 2020 which you wouldn't have thought of Chris, with the pandemic, yes. that we would be able to continue this because you kind of share with the audience that the Dr. Christopher Hall show, the challenges you've gone through the 2020, because in an emergency room, you never thought you would be dealing with COVID-19. 
Exactly. And that's the thing, the whole, um, I would say the whole wave of life, we have those peaks and you have those valleys and we certainly are in a valley. We're emerging from it. And the valley of the COVID-19 again made me realize as I saw patients in the emergency room, as I saw people even younger than myself who were passing away. Uh, and I was working very hard everything I could to stop that process. And, and again, uh, that's God's, uh, you know, he has a role in that. But what I learned again was to stay humble, to realize that every day in life is important. Make every day purposeful. Let's make a goal daily. Let's smile at other people daily. Let's do things that are going to make our system, our bodies, our immune system stronger and, and make us uh, basically the citizens that we need to be. So, um, Wow. Very, 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 very interesting year. And then go to uh, Dr. So if you wanted to find Chris's book, Ward of the Court, Christopher L. Hall, Google search, and you'll find it on Amazon and your your website and all these different things. But what I'm really excited about in 2021 is we're going to keep looking at that uh get your movie made, you get your book made into a movie and then the foundation. So many exciting things in 2021. We're going to look forward to it, aren't we? No doubt. You know, and as we, we finish kind of really uh, a banner year, even though, you know, the, the, the COVID uh, uh, stepped in there. Um, and so as we uh, slowly move away from this year, um, I certainly look forward to another exciting year you're on the, the Total Media Network on the Neil Haley Show and uh, the Dr. Christopher Hall Show, um, a, a year that's going to be motivational um, where we will, again, bring the principles to our young people in America, bring on um, very important people you might see across TV, stars, comedians, so they can uh, further uh, impart their message of hope. Uh, and in that way, uh, we continue to grow as people and as a nation. So. Very All right. Well, happy new year to you. It was great working with you and look forward to next year. Well, awesome. Happy new year to you as well, Neil. Uh, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. That was the Dr. Christopher Hall show guys. Take care. Celebrity slots. Free, spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and we're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the program Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you? I can't believe it's December 17. You know, snow, we just got about, oh, my goodness, 10 inches of snow. Uh, Thank goodness I'm quarantined because my wife has COVID. And so we're (laughs) at least in a lot of ways it worked out because I'm not going outside. I'm not leaving the house. So it all worked out when we had this big snowstorm. But Dave, I'm sure you don't have snow in California. No, but when I was in New York, I just missed the snow. It, It happened when I left. All right. So who's our guest today? She's awesome. Go ahead and introduce our guest. Tamala Diamico stars in the Indian American film One Little Finger, streaming on Amazon and Apple Worldwide. She plays Raina as an American neurologist researching music therapy in India. She's got more than 80 people with disabilities on this. Welcome to the show. Now, Tamala kind of like wanted to talk about, <laughs> I think we're going to talk about your project. We want to do a bulk of that of the short time we have with you. But I wanted to tell you my background. I'm a former school teacher and also an educational advocate for special needs kids. So this is just a great story to say the least. Dave, oh, yeah. go, to your, go to your first question for Tamala, then we'll jump right into the other. Yeah. I am so excited about your project, Tamala. Um, you know, I'm a caregiver. My wife is disabled. She had a stroke 22 years ago when she had a headache for four days, lost her speech, became paralyzed on one side. So I know we had a rough uh, grief period there for a couple of years. You know, we, we worked through it, we reinvented ourselves, and she has a great attitude. She still can't talk, 
but she can communicate non-verbally through Pictionary Charades, <laughs> uh, two games I hate, by the way, but I'm learning to love, and she has a power <laughs> chair, and we travel the world just helping caregivers stay alive. You know, 30% of them die before their loved ones do, and uh, I just believe that everyone is eventually going to become a caregiver. You're going to need one, or you're going to be one. So uh, awesome what you're doing. Uh, tell us about the show. What's going on? Yeah, uh, amazing to hear your story, by the way, because that is basically the message of the movie is that at any time in your life, someone can become disabled. So right. the discourse for this is super important because disability, when people often talk about it, it it's becomes like a charity issue. And that's not what it is. It's a human rights issue. And you know, in the past year of the Me Too movement and all these different diversity and inclusion movements that are happening, the disability movement has risen up and said, well, okay, well, us too. What about us? <laughs> and, um, about you know, time. In this, yeah, about time. And we have over 80 people with disabilities who star in the film. Wow. And, you know, I was asked to be a part of this as an actress, the only American, uh, to go to India to film. And I didn't really understand what I was getting into. The script was very, very beautiful. <clears throat> Pardon me. And, um, you know, I sort of experienced in a very method way what my character was going through at the same time. Because here I was an American going over there and dealing with the Disability Institute and bringing the music at the same time, also being just an American going to India and having to deal with things that I had never done before. Um, so it was really like, I know it's unlikely I'll ever have this experience ever again, but the most rewarding part is, you know, coming out the other side of this, we premiered in Cannes and it went all over the world and now it's streaming for everyone to see. And the discourse is just so important because after everywhere that we screened, the questions that we received about the film were along the lines of like, wow, how did you get this movie made? Why did you do it? And thank you for doing it because now we can see ourselves on the screen. And that's how discussion oh, happens. Yeah. In addition to that, the caregivers that came up to me afterwards and said, thank you so much because when you're doing this on a daily basis and there's all different levels of care and, and needs, uh, people don't realize the struggle also of the caregiver. Yes. And we don't have that discourse and we don't discuss it. And even parents of children's children who have even, you know, just autism, which is the yes. numbers are so high now. They're like, thank you for doing this movie because nobody talks about it. Nobody knows what it's like yeah. to, on a daily basis to live the Amen. life of somebody who has a special need. I, so yes, well, basically think, coming out the other end of this, I just think it's super important now to have the discussion, also have a people first language, which puts a person before their disability is super important in, in, you know, teaching the public as well as journalists on how to portray and speak about this issue. So, and so, and I agree with you. And I think that a lot of times we, let's just talk about specifically what everyone's dealing with COVID. Some people are getting this in a little bit of a, a situation, especially uh, as I talked about when you called me last week, we were trying to do the interview and I said, my wife had COVID. So we're all quarantined, all six of my kids and myself and my wife. And I was, wow. I was working my office somewhere else and my mom's because of it. She ended up with COVID, but I didn't give it to her. She was helping care give my kids while I was at her, at her house to have my office. But we've all dealt with so many challenging things, but it's not the level that it's never going to disappear. One point, COVID's going to go. But if you have a right. child with special needs, that's never going to go. So, what is your ultimate hope from this film, Tamil? You want people to get out of it? I hope the film becomes a learning tool. I hope it actually eventually gets into schools and school programs. Um, I'm glad for everyone to see it just as a regular story. I mean, the, the journey my character goes on is just one part. We have like four or five different threads that we follow with each person and a lot of the story is based on people who are in the film who actually it's their real life story in, in parts and just seeing them reenact their own lives I'm like before they started they didn't think they could do it and they had to be talked into it and then they did it and of course now they're like wow I have this ability so the hashtag of ability and disability is a very real thing it's like you have to elevate people all we can do is elevate and then people can achieve their goals on their own um, and you liberated them yeah you know i think they didn't realize because they they need to give themselves the permission because society has not so 
you know, I'm all for actors playing everything they want to play, but also give somebody who is in a wheelchair the opportunity to play someone who's in a wheelchair. Now, I don't know if you connect with Vincent D'Onofrio. He's very involved in this as well. So that's yes. a, we had Vincent on the show about, I guess it was almost a year ago, Dave. But also and he I'm might talking, even be a uh, high functioning autistic. He didn't. Right. He didn't confirm, but Dave, uh, Dave, he, okay. he didn't deny it. Dave, either. Dave always brings up these things. But no, but Vincent, Vincent really has provided that great platform. And I'm thinking of somebody else that has a camp that will come to me in a second. I think it was uh, uh, Travolta's brother also is very involved in this as well in the fact of uh, work, getting more special needs adults and, you know, in, in front of, to be able to be part of acting, be able to take on their own roles, Tamil. How is that going to finally happen where they're going to write more and more of those opportunities? In Hollywood, I think it is happening now. It's a slow trickle, but the more we have this discussion, you know, a lot of people are, a lot of producers are talking about inclusion and talking about diversity and making changes, but not a lot of people are putting their money where their mouths are. So I think, you know, if you're in a position, like I'm in a position now where I can speak about this and I can promote it. <clears throat> if you're in a position of power, and this goes across the board with inclusion, diversity, disability, if, if you are an African-American person who gets to an elevated position, then send the elevator back down and, and hire somebody else who also has the qualifications like you and is like you. The same thing goes for disability. If you receive a role as an actor or any position on a film crew or entertainment, hey, let somebody else that you know in your own uh, community or somebody that comes to you, let them know show me your credentials, show me what you can do. If I think that you're right, I'm going to pass the buck. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pass it, pay it forward. That doesn't happen often enough just with quote unquote, able-bodied people. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. I think people don't recognize that we are one tree with many branches. I think a lot of people are very competitive and that needs to end, like be competitive with yourself, but elevate others. And we are all one at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think also the more people see themselves on screen, uh, it will champion others to want to be able to do that. And, and you know, any, everybody has dreams and goals. I just think within the disability community, they were not offered the opportunity and permission to reach for them. And now mm -hmm. things are changing. And, you know, I belong to an amazing Facebook group. And every day there's news about a new thing that has happened and somebody's win, everybody's posting their wins. Like this is what happened for me today in my job. And it's, it's helpful. It's, it's amazing to see. It's definitely amazing, Dave, go ahead and next question. But you know, Tamala, I have to find out from the filmmakers and everything. I have really a good background in education, I have connections all over in education. So we'll definitely have to have a talk off air, see how I can help. Yeah bring this message further, meaning because of educators across the world that I know and things like that. So, but go David, your next question. Yeah. And, you know, I found a film producer, he's making a, a film about my life and he's getting a grant from a uh, film festival. So I'm excited that my disability story is going out there too, but I'm so excited for you. You've got a potential Grammy on uh, one little finger. Tell us about that. Um, not myself, but the music in the film, uh, we have an amazing just fleet of musicians. Quincy Jones has music in the film. Wow. Saida Garrett, who wrote Man in the Mirror. Julian Lennon. Uh, Ketchy, who I think was on America's Got Talent. She, is, uh, she was in a flight where she was the only survivor. And she has burns, I believe, like over 90% mm -hmm. of her body. An amazing voice. She sings the theme song, One Little Finger. And wow. I believe that's the one that was on the Grammy ballot. I'm not sure where we are right now, if it continued to move forward in the nominations or not, but it's such an odd year for awards. I don't know what's going on, but uh, they were on the ballot or they are on the ballot. And uh, it's the theme song to the film called One Little Finger. Fantastic. And yeah. it's a different time for this to be released, but I think it's in a lot of ways, it gives people more to watch this, right? To give them to understand what other people are going through and how they can really help during this trying time. Yeah, I think, you know, like you said, people are struggling with COVID and other illnesses right now. Myself, my dad uh, has Parkinson's. And now you have to think about things that you never thought before. Like, is there a ramp in this building for my dad's wheelchair? 
if you've never had to think about this before, this film will make you question things like this now. You will be much more aware because you will, you know, I think a lot of people, especially in America, if you see someone with a disability, it is human nature, unfortunately, to not acknowledge and not look people in the eye and just say hello. I don't know what that is about. Fear, maybe. I don't know. But after this film, I think it has opened so many people's eyes, including myself, that now I recognize everyone everywhere in a 360 way that I, I definitely realized that I did not before. And that is like humbling to have to admit. Mm. I'm like, wow, I didn't, yes. I just, I never thought about these things because it wasn't a part of my life. And now it is. So it can happen to anyone at any time. It's not just people born with disabilities, anything in any way. And this goes for mental health. It goes for, you know, physical. It, it's, there's many different ways, you know, exactly. but I, I think in society, acknowledgement is important and education is important. And it took this long. I mean, it took this long for us to elevate even 15%. You know what I mean? So with more discussion, it's only going to get further. All right, so but we have a long way to go. So Dave, I think she's answered your, your caregiving question that she cares for her father. So I think that you can add yes. that to the, to the story. I don't. I mean, my dad's in Florida. I, I yeah. just, my mom is his caregiver as well as he has different health aids. And with Parkinson's, it's different every day. Sometimes yeah. he's totally guess, fine. You're bringing that awareness, Tamla. You're bringing yeah. that <laughs> and you're fighting for him. So that's you being a caregiver as well. Right. Yeah, you're right. Making sure that these things yeah, long-term caregiving. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really do at the time when you visit, that's still being a caregiver. Yes, definitely. So, you know, so you're used to doing comedy. We're doing comedy series. You uh, received awards for that. This is a change for you. Is it out of your comfort zone? No, I've done all different things. I think mm. people know me in a lot of different ways. You know, some people only know me as a recording artist. Some people know me as a singer. Some people know me as a filmmaker. It just really, you know, you have different circles and different fan bases and things like that. Um, comedy is, is what is that Woody Allen quote? Tragedy plus time equals comedy. In order to do comedy, you have to know drama. Because um, you never play to the comedy. You play to the circumstances, which happen to be funny. So yeah. and, and the greatest example of that, of course, is Lucille Ball, which and I Love Lucy stands the test of time because of that. She's just playing for circumstances. She's not trying to be funny. Um, right. And even in this film, even in this film, there's humorous moments in this film, too, as well. I mean, yeah. just life in itself is it's humorous. So do you do you speak Italian also or you only sing Italian? <laughs> That's such a good question. And everybody asks me it. I understand my dad's from Sicily. I understand a lot more Italian than I speak now, back now as an adult. Uh, it's hard to learn grammar as an adult if you're not speaking it all the time. It's hard to remember the grammar, I should say. So I'm actually relearning Italian, but I've, I've acted in Italian and sung in Italian many, many times. And I can fake it pretty darn well. Um, I did an entire movie playing an Italian woman and, uh, Nobody knew I was not fluent until after the movie was over. Well, Pamela, congrats on this film. And uh, we do, she has to head to a, a party, meaning, uh, so I'm excited for you and the fact that you're living and having the opportunities that you're having, Tamla. But where can people check, check out One Little Finger? Where's the best place? So One Little Finger, you know, if you tend to watch movies on Amazon or Apple iTunes, it's basically any streaming service, Google, Vudu that you use, except for Netflix. So any distributive platform that streams movies, you will find it. That's fabulous. And I guess the other thing is, any other projects coming up for you? Uh, I have a few, but, you know, a bunch are on hold because of COVID. We just don't know the start dates, unfortunately. So... Where nothing to nothing yeah. i can tell you right now yeah. but you gotta you come definitely back again but we'll definitely, yeah i will but we definitely have to stay in touch see how i can help this film and get the word out in schools and all that stuff so I'll, I'll reach out to your team and see the last thing i want to ask you is where can we connect with you where for you follow you so sure all my social media is at tamla d'amico that's t-a-m-e-l-a-d-a-m-i-c-o or my website which is tamla d'amico.com and i'm the only one of very few Tamilas, I think, in the entertainment business. So you'll find me if you yes. get to it. Google Absolutely. Uh, Dave, you. <laughs> Dave, great guest. Fantastic. Wish we had more time, but enjoy your uh, enjoy 
tonight and uh, continued success. And I'm definitely going to look at how we can get one little finger in every school across the country so that people mm -hmm. can see this tremendous story. So thanks again for stopping by. Thanks, thanks so Sam. much. I really appreciate that. Good right, to talk care. to you guys. Right, thanks bye, bye. Bye, bye. bye bye. All right. You're listening to Neil Haley's show and we'll be back in just a moment. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.